This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Welcome back to Vancouver Consumer. I'm Sterling Fox, and in just a few moments, John Carlson returns with a fresh look at Metro Vancouver real estate and lots more on the 1% Realty story. But first, here are some more of the top consumer stories we're following this week. And according to a new report, housing availabilities aren't the only accommodation issues in Metro Vancouver, as office vacancies in our city have dropped to a record low in the market, while office rents are at an all-time high. According to a new report from the CBRE Group, office vacancy in our region sits at 4.7%, its lowest level ever and the lowest in all of Canada. And when you zoom in on Vancouver, the top downtown office vacancy rate dropped to 2.8%, down from 4 The report says expect things to get even tighter throughout this year. While there's nearly 5 million square feet currently under construction in the downtown core, for example, only 5% of it is scheduled for completion this year. It predicts Vancouver is poised to see the second lowest vacancy rate for offices in the Western Hemisphere this year. Rental rates for office space continue to rise, reaching a new record high of just a few pennies under 36 bucks a square foot in the first quarter. There was a picture online this week of a guy renting office space as a one-bedroom apartment. I wonder which is cheaper, the office or the apartment? In a new poll by the Angus Reid Institute, there's a finding that a significant majority, as in 8 in 10 Canadian women, say the gender pay gap is a serious issue in Canada. But barely more than half, as in 51% of men, agree. There were notable gaps in other related questions, too. Across all age groups, male workers are at least twice as likely as their female peers to say that any gap in pay is based on the decisions women make rather than discrimination, Angus Reid says in their notes. Interestingly, younger men are more likely than older ones to believe the pay gap is the result of women's own choices. Almost half of employed men under 34 feel this. This way compared to a third of men aged 55 and over. Now among women, 75% in all age groups disagree on that decisions issue. Men and women's views are more aligned when it comes to legislation on the gender gap with a majority of both, four out of five women, and it's a 60-40 split among men, support a law that would require businesses with more than 25 employees to obtain equal pay certification. The survey finds that 20 of women and 13% of men see a pay gap in their own workplace right now. This is an election year. All of this will be repeated a lot. Okay, the first quarter of the year is over and some of the numbers are starting to come in. Tesla on Wednesday reporting a massive drop in sales for last quarter. They say they're confident they will still reach their annual sales goal. About 63,000 vehicles were delivered to customers in the first three months of this year. That's a 31% drop compared to the prior quarter. It was the first quarter to quarter drop in sales in 
Tesla in nearly two years and the largest single drop ever. The company posted its delivery results late Wednesday and its stock was down more than 8% during the first few hours of trading on Thursday. Investors are also watching a separate piece of Tesla news. A federal judge is scheduled to hear oral arguments in a case that securities regulators filed against Elon Musk. Tesla's slowing sales are a concern because the company needs cash in order to pay down its sizable debts. The slowdown in deliveries doesn't come as a shock to Wall Street either, as Tesla had already said it expected fewer Model S and Model X sales compared to a year ago. And North Americans really, really want to see Avengers Endgame based on the utter chaos that took place on Tuesday when tickets for the superhero movie were made available for purchase. Even the movie's announced running time of just a touch over three hours didn't slow the demand. Canada's movie ticket destination Cineplex crashed at one point in the rush and continued to experience technical issues as Canadians rushed to buy tickets for the Marvel Trilogy's final installment. Despite the challenges, tickets went fast and Endgame tickets for opening night the 25th of this month are sold out. The movie's wide release is the following day, April 26th. Now, some people, you knew this was coming, some people lucky enough to snag tickets are now selling them for astronomical prices on eBay and other resale sites. How crazy has it become? How about this one? Two tickets for a screening on April 28th, two days after the wide release, going for 9199 bucks in New York City. Or a set of four tickets, 5000 in Chicago. This better be good. Those are some of the week's top consumer stories. We'll look at a few more as the show goes along. But coming right up is Johnny 1%. John Carlson is on deck with a fresh Vancouver market real estate update. He's next right here on Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. Welcome back to Vancouver Consumer this Saturday afternoon. I'm Sterling Fox, joined in studio by John Carlson, Personal Real Estate Corporation. Johnny 1% is back on Vancouver Consumer. Good day, John. Thanks, uh, Sterling. Great to be here once again. Well, it's good to have you with us on the news from the real estate pages of the papers these days. A little on the dark side, John, because sales volume is way off. What do you make of all of this, given the numbers comparing this year, for example, to last? Well, you're right. The March 2019 statistics have been published in the Greater Vancouver Real Estate Board. And, you know, the findings are that sales are down uh, compared to the highs that we've seen in the last few years and even compared to, say, the 10-year average. So uh, I think, if I'm not mistaken, that March was had the fewest sales in Greater Vancouver on MLS since 1986. Mm-hmm. That's right. I think if I read that correctly. And we were, we were significantly below the 10-year average. So when you look at March right now, uh, we haven't had as many buyers step into the plate and buying properties as we've seen in the past. Right. And, you know, as you and I have talked many times about this, this topic, uh, you know, there are reasons for that. The market's a little bit different now. The recipe's changed and there are different rules and taxes and all these sorts of things that have given consumers uh, a thought to maybe take their time and be a little bit more cautious. So the numbers are down. However, it's not all bad news. Good properties are selling. But statistically speaking, we're not the market we used to be. Right. And it's interesting to hear the president of the Great, and there's a new one, of the Greater Vancouver Real Estate Board coming yes. on uh, in print uh, as saying something that you and I have been talking about on this program consistently for at least the last six months. The rest of them are finally catching up to us. Sanity 
is returning to the Metro Vancouver real estate market. You and I have said this umpteen times yes. lately, but it really is a different marketplace. If you list your home now, unlike two years ago, you're not going to sell. If you list your home and put the sign on the lawn at one o'clock in the afternoon, it's not going to be sold by supper time. That's a pretty safe bet nowadays. And it was also a pretty safe bet that it would be sold by supper time a couple of years ago. That's a pretty dramatic market change. It is a change, yes. And, uh, you know, you could still sell by supper time if you want to price accordingly. I mean, that, the, the, the homes are selling, but I guess the difference is whereas in the past you could price anywhere in the somewhat reasonable range and you're going to get multiple offers instantly. Now, if you want to get a quick sale, you're going to have to be competitive. Mm-hmm. Again, because buyers are a little more discerning, they're taking their time, and they're making, you know, you know, pretty good value judgments. Hey, is this the right time to buy? And is this the right property to buy? And is the price right? The terms right? If those things are all good, they're ready to step forward. For instance, uh, I guess I'll be announcing this next show because the sale's not quite yet firm, but okay. uh, I had a, a house in Coquitlam. Good house. The strategy was made to price it attractively and see what we could. We got five offers uh, on the first week uh, on, a, on a Saturday night on that property. And this is, so, this is recently then? This to, is recently. Okay. Yes. So, so, so it's, it's safe to say they're still out there. They're still looking for the right deal. They are. And the nice thing from a seller's point of view, if you ask me, is like you said, sanity. You have a chance to uh, maybe put your home on the market and have a strategy. Maybe you're not in a hurry and you want to test the market a bit. Well, that's fine. You'll still get showings. You'll get looks. Maybe you'll get offers. Maybe there'll be good offers. Maybe there'll be a little light because buyers tend to be a little cautious. Mm-hmm. But the nice thing is you've got time to explore the other end of things. Maybe you're downsizing and you're looking for a townhouse from a house. Well, guess what? There's a lot of townhouses to look at and you can be selective. Right. Uh, Or maybe you've uh, had your second child and you're going from a condo to a house with a basement suite or something like that. Well, good news. There's a lot of those to look at as well. So when I read the stats, uh, you know, and and I look at my day-to-day experience in the market, I recognize that sales are down and prices have changed a bit. And this is the kind of advice I have to give to sellers when they're wanting to sell. But on the other hand, uh, I know that good properties are selling. I have listings that are selling. And the market is a nice, comfortable place to work as long as you're prepared to face what the market is and adjust your you know, price based on your level of uh, urgency. Absolutely. Now, from a buyer's perspective, and of course, you represent both buyers and sellers in your practice, John. From a buyer's perspective, this, this slowdown, this return to sanity, as many would call it, including the professionals in your industry, uh, for a buyer, though, it's, it, I would think it's a plus. For example, you always recommend to your buyers, wherever possible, for crying out loud, you're about to drop a huge amount of cash here, for goodness sake, get a home inspection. Sure. Two years ago, John, in that rush to buy that property by supper time, you had about 15 minutes to walk through the property, make an offer, and hope that it gets accepted. Home inspection? Forget about it. No time for that stuff. We're in a bidding war. Well, that's gone. And it's to the advantage of the buyer, wouldn't you say? I would say, for sure. And even it, you know, when I think it personally, I like working in this market a little bit more than what you just described brought back memories of times when I'd had clients, we'd sold their house, they were making an offer in another house, and we find out there's five or six other offers, and maybe some of them don't have any conditions on them. It's really hard to give good advice to your clients when they're buying when in a market like that where you don't know what the other bids are and people are going in blind with no conditions and, you know, the people want to get a property, but on the other hand, you want to make sure they're protected. So, yeah, I'm not eager to go back to those kind of markets where, you know, and someday I guess it may happen again, but right now we're not in that sort of situation. We're in a much more relaxed situation where you as a buyer can usually go out and make a rational decision and make sure your inspection's in place and your financing's just right and check out things and make sure it's the right setting for you. So really from this point of view, 
you know, we may be in a market where prices may continue to adjust because, again, the recipe is a little bit different well, and sure. we're in an adjustment period. But uh, maybe you're buying again and that levels out. So, you know, I think your personal situation as a seller comes into play first and foremost. Is the timing right for you? And is this the right kind of move for you to make? And then the market is what it is. But I can assure you, if you want to sell, you have a good agent, good positioning, good marketing, you're going to get interest and you can sell. Absolutely. And this is where the experienced professional agent in your corner makes an important difference. One thing that we can pretty successfully predict and comfortably predict at this early point as we begin the second quarter of 2019, John, the the safe prediction is, yes, another 30,000 people are going to move into the Metro Vancouver region this year. We have statistical evidence to make that a pretty comfortable prediction. All of those people are going to need somewhere to live. Yes. Yeah. I mean, real estate hasn't gone out of style. Let's put it that way. I mean, people have just kind of woken up to the fact that things have changed and they want to assess things and make smart decisions. So we've seen people step back a bit. Well, let's talk about it. I'm looking at johnny1percent.ca, your website, and, and just some of the information that's available. And this is back to strategies because now this is where, and I got to tell you, friends, our, our guest, John Carlson, is a member of the President's Club, which means he has sold, he's in the top 1% of all realtors in this corner of the province in terms of sales. That means he knows what's going on in the marketplace right now and has the ability to and the experience to be able to react to market conditions as they unfold. And John, they, they're just, the, the recipe, as you've said, has been changed over the last two years. And I don't think they're done yet. We're just still reacting to the changes. And as I say, those who make changes have a few more up their sleeve, I suspect. And they could. Yeah, I think that's part of the whole situation. Uh, you know, when the market changes, the market's like a living, breathing organism. At least that's how I see it. And, and when there are changes, significant changes made to the big ingredients, financing rules and regulations, taxes, foreign buyers, all these things that we've seen, it, it takes time for these adjustments to play out. So mm. like I like to, to tell people, you know, maybe, um, you know, it's like a ratcheting down. If the market starts to fall a little bit, someone doesn't just open up the paper and say, oh, the market's down, I'm going to drop my price. No, they try the price that their neighbor got maybe six months ago. And then right. if they don't get it, they'll reduce the price. And then maybe another new listing hits that's priced a little bit better. So it's a ratcheting down. It's a delayed effect. It doesn't just happen instantly. And I think that that's what we're in the process of. There've been some changes. The effects are slowly trickling through and the market's coming down in price a bit and people are stepping and back. But I don't see a crash. In fact, I see a very healthy kind of a, uh, an adjustment period happening and people jump back in as they see, feel comfortable. And I'm seeing it right now. People are jumping back in the market, maybe not in big numbers because right. the stats don't show it. But some people have looked around and said, hey, you know what? The sky hasn't fallen. Interest rates, turns out maybe they're not going to go up. No. They're nice and low. Right. Maybe this is the time. Even if the market comes down another 5%, you never know. It's difficult to time a market or, uh, you know, so I do see people saying, you know what? I don't think the sky is going to fall. I'm ready to jump back in. But I do find that buyers are cautious with their offers. When you're selling right now, when an offer comes in, chances are it'll be a little bit low and you're going to have to defend. That's another good a thing a good agent can do is help you defend your price. Well, exactly. And first of all, to establish a price, John, let alone defend it, how about the, the whole matter of an evaluation of your property? Again, in the changing times in which we live, if you are considering selling and you've been thinking about it now for six months and, you, well, you know, we had a, an agent come over and get a, give us a walkthrough and a number but that was before Christmas. So 
That's only 90 days or a little more ago. Is that number still valid, John? Or now that we're turning into spring 2019, is it time for a fresh look before you actually put the sign on the lawn? Oh, it's time for a fresh look. I mean, it could be accurate, but I wouldn't count on it any more than I would count on opening up a, a jug of cream or milk in my fridge that was dated Christmas. I mean, it's a little old. <laughs> so I would definitely... Rude uh, comparison, my friend. <laughs> yes. Well, I would look at a new at a new evaluation for sure. Because oh, things absolutely. are a bit different. Yeah. yeah. So how... how how often, by the way, in terms of, because now people are going long term, they know that the, the, the days on, used to be days on market, well now it could be weeks on market, and in some cases it could even be months on market. So when you're planning to sell your home, you have to have a longer horizon in mind, unless it's a, a, a sell that has to take place because you've been moved by your employer or whatever, and there's an, an urgent element to it. Otherwise, yes. is your advice to sellers to, uh, to look longer term? term than they're perhaps accustomed to or planning to. Well, if if they're accustomed to their neighbor who sold in three days, then maybe I would say, yeah, be, be prepared for that. But it's, it's hard to tell. In fact, I was just asked this the other night, two nights ago in a listing appointment, uh, you know, time on the market for this kind of property. And, and quite frankly, there were some listings that were on the market for six months or longer mm-hmm. that hadn't sold. Right. But then there were also sales that would happen in a week or two. So the market is is one where it depends on how, uh, as a seller, how competitive you are. Now, no buyer, you know, no property is right for every buyer, but you know, to the market you're looking at, you want to be competitive. You're a three-bedroom condo with a double garage in a certain area. You want to be competitive there. And if you are, you're going to get results. But if you're not competitive, buyers are just going to ignore you. So time on the market, you don't expect to sell in a day, but you still can have a reasonably quick sale. But I would say, hey, give it 30 days and, you know, look at the feedback and see what you're getting. And are you in the success zone? Is that an important thing anymore? Time on market used to be when we were two years ago in, in the days of frantic real estate in Metro Vancouver. Gosh, if you were on the market more than a few weeks, what's wrong with this place right now those few weeks are kind of standard so is there too much made of time on market no no not necessarily i think that um you know when we look at listings often my buyers and i when we're looking or if i'm looking as a comparable for a seller we look at price we look at time on market and we also look at price history so my theory is this if i'm working with a buyer and i'm showing properties and one of them's been on the market a long long time and the price has not changed in say nine months Uh we kind of get a feeling that hey this thing's been on the market a while and nobody's taken it but on the other hand, a listing that's maybe been on a little while, but they've dropped their price from uh, nine seventy five to nine twenty five to eight seventy five. Well, right. maybe you know, maybe they've addressed the market kind of thing. So, yeah, time on the market. Sellers, buyers, I should say, sometimes will go, "Who? How long's that been on the market? Mm. Oh, six months. Hmm. They start to get a feeling where they're much more excited when they say, "Oh, this is a this looks good. How long's this been on the market?" And I say, four days." they generally have a different feel. So there's another reason why it's important to price properly from day one, because you'll never get better attention than you do when your listing's new. John Carlson, johnny1percent.ca is the website, johnny1percent.ca. Beware of imitators. Lots more with Johnny 1% on Vancouver Consumer after the news. Welcome back to Vancouver Consumer. I'm Sterling Fox. John Carlson, Johnny 1% is in studio with me. We're talking about, well, the current market conditions. John, a lot of gloom and doom in the headlines, but you know, people seem to be quite capable of ignoring those things and moving on to finding themselves a home or selling the one that they're living in and moving on in life because no matter what the conditions are, life goes on. So that's where pros like you come in because you've not, you've seen this sort of up and down. 
been in the business over 20 years. You've worked with a number of companies, been with 1% for uh, at least 10 or 11 years. You have seen this market go through multiple different changes and scenarios. So, yes, it's it's different now, but it was different two years ago and very different two years before that. You've seen it all, John, and know how to make adjustments as the marketplace adjusts. If you can't make those adjustments, you get wiped out. I think so. And when you're in the market every day like I am, um, you know, you, you tend to be thinking about it a lot and uh, you get a good feel for it. So all I do really, when people call me over, honestly, Sterling, my job when I sit down with them, we talk about agency, we talk about the market. And I just tell them, I'm an open book. I will tell you the truth as I understand it. Mm-hmm. Am I perfect? Am I the market? No, I don't decide what, what a house will sell for. It, it has nothing to do with my opinion. But a good agent who knows the market well enough and knows the sales and knows what the trends are happening can give you good advice in terms of positioning. So I don't know it all. I, I appreciate you kind of insinuating that I might, but you know I do have some experience and I will definitely put that behind me when it comes to sitting down with you to talk about the sale of your house if you're listening out there right now. Well, I also mentioned that you have been around the business for almost two dozen years and your first uh, dozen or so were spent working with other agencies. Sure. And then you moved over to 1% in, in its formation years uh, and, and took essentially a pay cut. Yeah. And a lot of people still wondering, now, why on earth would he do that? What was the rationale behind that? And I'll talk about the advantage to the buyer in a moment, but what on earth were you thinking, Mr. Carlson? You know, that's a great question because I often get, it's kind of a two-layered question. The first part people want to know is, gee, you know, this 1% realty commission is so much better than what the other guy quoted me. Gee, how does this work? You know, they're a little bit skeptical. They, they don't know quite how it would work. But then the second layer, the kind of the question is, and how do you work for less money and sure. survive? If these other agents, like, are you like walking to work or mm. taking the bus or that kind of thing? <laughs> right. And I, I do let my potential clients know, and my clients know that I do very well. In fact, I, I actually went to 1% Realty. It was a business decision I made in May of 2010. And I've sold more than 500 homes at 1% Realty since. And I rationalized correctly that if I offered better value, I didn't cut corners. I mean, nobody wants uh, you know a, a low price but a poor product sure. or, or poor service. But if I didn't cut corners and I really did the full job and, and provided better value to people, that I'd never look for business again. And really, I do so much word of mouth, uh, you know, a business um, I, that really my numbers are fantastic. So I do a, t- a ton of sales. I might collect smaller commissions than I would have at other companies. But if the average realtor in Greater Vancouver, I think, statistically does. I don't know, four or five deals a year. And, and maybe if I do 60 or 70 a year, then I'm way ahead of the curve. No kidding. And the other thing is, just to explain that, you know, that I'm doing better than I ever have that way, uh, oftentimes my, my sellers will buy again. And I don't put commissions first. I find out what they want. I show them all the available properties and I negotiate on their behalf. And when that happens, sometimes I do collect these other commissions from the other companies. But my main focus is this. My sellers get the best available deal on the market right now, as far as I'm concerned. Top agent, excellent commission structure, good marketing, the whole bit. And then when they buy again, hey, I just follow what their instructions of and course. I find them the right home. So sure. I really think that my clients get the best possible deal and I do well financially. And that's how I'm able to put this kind of a, a value proposition on the table and invite everybody to take me up on it or at least check out my website or give me a call and I'll explain how it works. Well, and the advantage to the, the, the people involved in the transaction with a 1% commission schedule, and we'll talk a little bit more about how that boils down in real dollar terms right. in a couple of minutes. But if you're expecting X for your home because well, this is what we, we this this is the dream. We bought it for this. We want to sell it for this. And by gosh, that's that's the target. Okay, if X isn't quite achievable because the market won't stand that number 
any longer. It's not competitive enough. You're going to have to lower it a little bit. But if you're paying less commission out of your pocket to your realtor, then some of that difference is made up in uh, the commission you don't have to pay. Cash that you get to hang on to. Exactly. And I won't name the person or the sale, but just very recently, one of these evenings, uh, a house in Coquitlam, 1.1, $1.2 million range. We get an offer accepted. The total commission structure is about $14,000. Well, I know that this particular seller was quoted $30,000, $32,000, $33,000 by other companies. So this is just one example. If you are in a position to save maybe eighteen, nineteen thousand $19,000 on the sale of your home, that's after-tax money. Yeah. That's your equity that you've worked for. You probably paid a fortune into that mortgage to pay it off to build that equity. Right. And what I offer is top service, top selling agent, and all the experience I can bring to the table at a much better price than most of my competition. So uh, you keep the extra money, and uh, you send me a nice referral, and I keep working the way I do. I'm looking at this uh, grid that you have about halfway down the homepage at johnny1percent.ca, and, and it's... It it talks, well, yes, we are regular real estate agents in every sense of the word. We simply charge less. That's it. End of story. And then you've got this comparison chart right here. And let's take that. Well, you had a $1.1 million property in, in Port Coquitlam. But for, sure. for the purposes of illustrating, let's round it off to just a million flat. Okay. Yes. So on a million dollar home, a 1% realty commission would be a total of 10950 Can we round that up to $11,000? Sure we can. Okay. So most other brokers, you, you pay 11000 commission on a million bucks at 1%. Most other brokers, 29500 rounding it up. So the difference is 11000 or 30000 And uh, so the savings is pretty obvious. So uh, this is, and this is a consistent structure, no matter what the value of the property, correct? Uh, absolutely. And it's a great value proposition. People sometimes have trouble wrapping their head around it. But I do tell people, you know, it's not like I'm the only guy in town or we're the only company in town that's not charging 7% of the first hundred and two and a half of the balance. Commissions are negotiable and they can vary. There's no standard, but, but that's, you see that's that a lot. that's widely accepted, isn't it? It is. But yeah. for instance, if I'm uh, going to go write an offer on a foreclosure that a bank has taken conduct of sale and putting out there, chances are they're not offering that kind of commission. Right, there sure. are other companies, there are other online services. So all I'm suggesting is, like any business... Things are constantly under review and things are becoming more consumer friendly with technology and all these sorts of things. So what I offer, I think, is kind of the tip of the spear. There's, there's these talks of American companies coming in and saving people money. But when I look at their proposal, they're even more expensive than I am and they don't have a local expert as yeah. far as I can tell. So right. I think I'm really the tip of the spear when it comes to providing top service and getting people excellent value because I'm full MLS. I'm full all these other things. But I just simply charge less. So that's the difference. You'll save some money working with me compared to most of the others. Now, that was very convincing. I get it all. But, you know, there are still people out there going, come on, you're charging 1% versus, uh, what is it, 7% and then 25 on the balance and all the rest of that formula that's so widely accepted. So if you're charging that much less, somewhere in that mix, I, the, the customer, am going to get less. You can't do it all and charge less and expect the same results. This is a pretty typical consumer reaction, John. It is. If you're, if you're paying less, darn it, you're going to get less. I've heard it all. Hey, if you're uh, hiring monkeys or pay peanuts, you get monkeys. I've heard that. Uh, there's all kinds of them out there. And I agree that you know, in a lot of things, when I'm looking as a shopper, there's just not a lo- enough markup in a lot of product or services for one product to really stand out uh, without compromising quality. Right. But in the real estate business, I mean, heck, uh, let's just use that example of a $30,000 commission. 
you don't think somebody who's doing a lot of value can do just as good a job and charge less? I mean, let's face it, eleven or $12,000 is still a pretty good paycheck. So um, all I'm telling people is that it can be done. I do it every day. And I wouldn't be one of the top selling agents in Greater Vancouver if my listings wouldn't sell or if it didn't work. So the proof really is in the pudding and in the testimonials that I have. And I would invite uh, potential sellers to consider that the real estate market has opened up quite a bit. There are different business models and buyers are not focused on commission. Buyers want the right house at the right price. So it's about positioning. It's about marketing. It's about negotiating because it's the buyers ultimately they're going to decide. They're going to make the value judgment on your home, whether or not they write an offer or they pass it up and go to another one. It's not going to matter if you're offering out $10,000 to a buyer's agent commission or $4,000 to a buyer's agent commission. The buyers want the property. They want the right price and terms. And that's why this whole thing works. Tell us a little bit more about 1%, the company, because you joined it uh, a good nine or 10 years ago. Right. It is a British Columbia cunt, uh, company in its inception, but it's national now. And if, for example, you sell my home here in Vancouver because I'm going to retire. I'm doing what I've been planning to do for decades. I'm moving to the island to a sweet little spot of paradise. Have you got 1% colleagues over on the island that can help me find the right spot? Absolutely. Thanks for asking that because, um, you know, 1% realty is nationwide. We're not just Greater Vancouver. And I have all kinds of associates all over the place. So for instance, um, I got a call from a fellow uh, listening to the radio show about a property uh, out in Cultus Lake area. Okay. And for me, that's a little far to travel, but I've teamed up with a partner. Uh, actually, his name is David Ferenz. If you're out in the Abbotsford, Chilliwack area out in here, he's a top selling agent, great agent. Uh, him and I are going to work together on this. So yes, we cooperate that way. Other times I've had people sell here and buy on Vancouver Island and mm-hmm. I've set them up with other agents or uh, people who are looking to sell on Vancouver Island. I got a message the other day from uh, Scott Simmons on Salt Spring Island. He's a great 1% realty agent. And if you're out in that area, give him a call. Or if you're anywhere in the area and you just want to go to Johnny 1% and call me, I do team up with other associates and we provide what I think is the best marketing with radio show announcements and 3D tours and MLS and all this stuff. We'll save you some money and we'll give you good service. So anywhere you're thinking of selling, you can call me and I can uh, make it happen. You want to jot down this phone number. Don't call at this moment. Mr. Carlson's a little tied up. Give him about, what, five more minutes here. 604-612-0080. Quoting from the website, a property that shows well, that is priced right, and that is marketed professionally will sell, regardless of who's listing it, and regardless of how much commission the seller has agreed to pay. Buyers don't care whose name is on the lawn sign or whose smiling face is beside the realtor.ca listing. Buyers only care about whether the property they are considering purchasing fits their criteria and their budget. This is intuitively obvious. You just said that a few minutes ago, and that's all they care about, finding the right place. That's right. So when uh, a buyer calls you up uh, and says, just out of the blue, heard you on the radio, I'm looking for a home, can you help me out? Absolutely. I love those kind of calls. Email me or call me, um, depending on the area you're with and what you're looking at. I mean, I would love to help you. I don't do commercial properties. I do have other right. agents that right. I refer those you're a residential to. Development. I do residential resale. Yeah, that's right. That's my specialty. So I really would be the right agent for somebody who is selling a house and maybe buying another or downsizing or anything in Greater Vancouver, Fraser Valley. And uh, maybe they want to buy again. Maybe they're just selling, but uh, they want top service and they think that maybe some of the commission rates are too high. I'd be the right guy to call for them. Johnny1percent.ca is Mr. Carlson's website, and that's where you'll find lots of listings. There's a featured listings posting on the bottom of the homepage and a button to click to see all listings. What have you got for us from the fresh listing department this week, John? Well, you know, it's funny. 
last week uh, we were together, we talked about, um, you know, the $500,000 price range and how you couldn't find a condo or anything like it in, in, in Vancouver. Vancouver. City of Vancouver, not, not a condo uh, anywhere in, to, in sight for That's under right. half a million bucks. And they're not very big for that price either. Right. But here's three examples of new listings I have that are under 500000 that might appeal to someone. The first one's in Maple Ridge. It's unit number 47 in Foxfield, 11229 232nd Street. This is a townhouse. It's about 1,300 square feet, single garage, driveway, fenced backyard, three bedrooms, two and a half baths, perfect for families. Under 500000 very affordable. It's a new listing. We had an offer come in. It didn't quite go together, but I don't expect this one to last too long. I've got one. Well, it certainly cent- sounds priced right. You know, it's uh, and granted, there's a drive and there's going to be additional expenses incurred if you're going to work back and forth downtown, but the mortgage is going to be pretty attractive, isn't it? Well, something to think about. Yeah. I mean, and then if you'd like uh, prefer Coquitlam, I've got a one bedroom and den condo on the 17th floor in a mountain view uh, in a nice newer building. That's, that's at uh, 498. Uh, I'm sorry. No, that's 479. And I've also got a condo, a two-bedroom, and a den in Langley on Fraser Highway in 200th, and that's 498. So under 500. I mean, these aren't the only listings. Of obviously, course, these of are just a few new ones that I've got. But uh, just to give you an idea that there are some uh, you know options out there for buyers, and take a look and. If any of these appeal to you, give me a call. And if you'd like to see more of the listings that Mr. Carlson currently has available, just go to the website, click on See All Listings at the bottom of the homepage at johnny1percent.ca. And then if you see something that you might want to follow up on, give him a call. It's 604-612-0080. Again, uh, give him a call, 604 612 0 And uh, Mr. Carlson will be ready to take your calls in a very few seconds because, John, I'm afraid we're out of time. And I thank you for yours. Now, you're going to come back next week, right? Yes. Yeah, we'll be back again. Okay. So we'll get a fresh market update, even more new listings, and a lot more advice on strategy because, boy, that's the name of the game these days, isn't it? Absolutely. I'm available for a call or email anytime this week from any any listeners. All right. 604-612-0080. That's John Carlson, Johnny 1%. John, thanks for this. We'll catch up to you in a week. Thank you, Sterling. See you soon. We're back after this. Once again, our thanks to John Carlson for another very informative visit. John will be back with some new numbers and more fresh information next Saturday, along with Sherry McMillan, who always has good advice on estate planning. And we hope you'll be with us then. Time now for Duly Noted. And this time around, our producer, Ben Dooley, has a look at record high gas prices. Thanks, Sterling. Metro Vancouver gas prices hit an all-time high on Thursday. A record high price of $1.67.9 was spotted in the region, breaking the previous record of $1.63.9, which was set back in October and tied earlier this month. Dan McTagg, a senior petroleum analyst with GasBuddy.com, said the hike in the carbon tax that took effect on April 1st is a part of the problem, but there is also another factor at play. Yeah, well, the big whys are everybody's uh, obviously looking at uh, higher prices for just about everything. The tax, of course, has increased, but more importantly, we've seen an across-the-board increase south of the border, that is to say, in Washington State, uh, on the order of about uh, 28 or 29 cents uh, a litre uh, since the beginning of the problems with the two refineries there. We're also looking at incidental uh, problems impacting Pacific Northwest refineries. Uh, they're also in a position where they have to supply Los Angeles, San Francisco refiners there who are running into trouble. So demand is very high, especially in the United States. Supply is very low. And- he also said drivers looking to tank up 
are better off filling up on evenings or weekends when prices tend to dip slightly. I'm Ben Dooley, and that's Dooley Noted. Thanks, Ben. It's no fun for any of us, that's for sure. Time for a couple more consumer quickies before we have to go. This story clearly has our friends Sherry McMillan and David Hobbs in mind. An online survey has found the majority of British Columbians, 58% of us, have not created a will. What's more, 90% of millennials don't have one. Now, for those who do have a will, only 1 in 10 reported that theirs is out of date. This is usually due to a major life event like like, oh, getting married, having a kid, buying a home. Make a Will Week takes place next week across the province from April 7th to the 13th, and it's all about having an estate plan in place. We'll have lots more on that next Saturday with Sherry McMillan. I'm not too surprised the number for millennials is so low. If you're young and invincible, hey, hey, who needs a will? In my own case, I never even thought about one until our first child, our daughter, came along, and boy, that changed everything in a big hurry. NASA is sending two of its robotic astro-bees, a cube-shaped flying robot that will help take care of routine tasks and participate in experiments to the International Space Station later this month. The robots will also help researchers on the ground carry out experiments, test new technologies, and study human-robot interaction in space, says NASA. And they're just starting to let robots handle simpler tasks, freeing up astronauts for other work. The astro-bees won't be the only robot on the ISS, though. Simon, a basketball-shaped robot that features artificial intelligence and is backed by IBM's Watson, is already on the ISS after having been launched last June. That is our show for this week, produced by Ben Dooley. Andrew Ferreira is at the controls. We appreciate your feedback, and if you have any thoughts or suggestions for our show, please send them along to sterling at cknw.com or tweet us at Van Consumer. And you can listen to us anytime at Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Sterling Fox. We're back again next Saturday afternoon at 2 with another edition of Vancouver Consumer, and we hope you join us right here on CKNW. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.